Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without without assuming that you out there in listener land know everything there is to know about new kits or friendlies. And I would like to welcome today on Foul Puck our returning uh, guest commentator, guest soccer person. Uh, Correspondent. Correspondent. Thank you. That's a word. That's a word we could use. Uh, Mandy Marcotte. We could, but why? <laughs> we could, no, but why? It's good. Good to be back. Good to be back. Delighted to have have you. What is what is your preferred term? I am the basketball enthusiast. What what are you? Soccer. Soccer person. <laughs> soccer person. Person's a good fallback. We'll take it. We'll take it. And we also have with us here with the wine. Hi, that's me, Rebecca. Uh, today, I'm definitely enthusiastic about hockey. Excellent. Very good. It really depends on the day. And I am Rachel. I am your baseball guru, uh, white knuckling it through the first week of the season. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to open today uh, by turning it over to Mandy to describe to us what you were doing earlier today, Mandy. What was your uh, your, your special excitement? I and. You probably not a lot of people know who this is, but it was very exciting for me. I was wearing <laughs> Danny Weatherholt's Rain FC home jersey for a video segment that the Rain are doing for their kit reveal. So, like you said earlier, we aren't going to assume anyone knows what a kit is. A kit is their jersey. And the Rain have had very, very boring jerseys last year. Thanks <laughs> to the French. But this year, I have seen both of them with my own eyes. They will be revealed to the season ticket holders first Wednesday. And then in the evening, it will go forth to all the public. And I will be in a video showing off the kits. Um, That's awesome. Since this isn't going to air before that, (laughs) I can tell you guys that the rain jerseys, the blue ones, it kind of, it's, blue that they used last year but they've added in kind of what i would call like a round fat tiger stripe detail going on it so that looks really nice it's got a new front of the jersey sponsor and the crest badge just looks really really sharp um player kits are very tight tighter than the fan jerseys so (laughs) that was an experience it was. I wore a large, and it fit me very tightly. <laughs> and so, you're a small person. Yeah, I'm. Like, I'm a, so quarantine way a little. Um, I am a part of the Royal Guards fan supporters group, and mm. I'm also a season ticket holder. And I'm friends with someone that's in charge of the supporters group, and she was trying to find people to pluck in from the supporters group to represent awesome. that would also fit in these very tiny player jerseys. Yeah, so, so this <laughs> so, is when you say you were wearing this person's kit, you're, it, you're being literal, literal. It is a soccer player's Jersey that she's it's, going to wear for the game on Friday. And I wore her Jersey and hopefully didn't stretch it out. too much. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she'll be glad that I stretched the scenes. A yeah, little maybe bit. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting they to have, see how they, she plays after that. <laughs> yeah, they have two jerseys. They have the blue one, which is for home games, and the white one for away games. And they're usually a team will redo one every year. 
the rain have redone both of them. The white jersey for away games is going to have, and the season ticket holders know this, we're in on it, um, have our signatures printed on the jersey in kind of that same tiger stripe oh, kind wow. of format. So all of the season ticket oh, cool. holders have sent a signature into the rain that wanted to participate, and our signatures are right on the player jerseys. Wow, that's pretty neat. That's wild. That said, I have to say that the win goes to Orlando for the best kit reveal this year. It's a Someone's going to disagree with me, but they did a space theme one, and it Ooh. goes from midnight purple in an ombre up into a lighter purple but still dark purple and then it's got stars on it and they did sent a jersey into outer space did a tribute to the four black women um that worked for nasa Catherine johnson is the one that i can remember but those hidden figures Mm -hmm. ladies they did a Mm -hmm. tribute to them and that kit is absolute fire so i had heard Sorry, Rebecca. I heard that it was not only Orlando that did a space-themed kit, but that it was also Houston, and now we have the space race of (laughs) women's soccer uniforms, which I was like, well, I guess I have to change my allegiances in terms of teams I'm following now. Is that the case? Yes, that's correct. So Houston did two new jerseys this year as well. They've got their standard orange, but they changed their badge, their team logo to now it's a hexagon Hmm. and um so they've got the straight orange one with their little hexagons and then they've also got a white one and the white one has a star field on it and very cleverly they've stuck one of the stars right above the team logo on the jersey because last year they won the challenge cup but the NWSL does not give you a star on your jersey for the Challenge Cup, just the final end-of-season playoff cup. So they, so they gave added themselves their own, their own star. <laughs> <They> gave, <laughs> yes, and that's only fair because Chicago has cheated on this for years. Uh-huh. They've included four stars on their jersey <laughs> right because in their logo. Because it's part of the city, city shield for chicago yes and then the other um kansas city of course had to have a new jersey because they're a new team they disappeared Mm -hmm. utah reappeared as kansas city which does not have an actual name logo or anything yet they have temporary holding places so later in the season that's so lame we should get that they just didn't have time to do all the stuff yet Mm -hmm. because everything happened so fast and Mm -hmm. because the utah team had some racism and sexism and yeah they had a whole little mess there yeah and then a new team in the league this year is louisville 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 (laughs) (laughs) Louisville. yeah um but they i'm gonna say it the western yeah it's fine you you go right ahead But um, they've just revealed their two new kits as well. They have a black kit that they are currently playing in right as we speak, because their first game has kicked off against Orlando. And it's got large, very colorful purple lilies on it. I saw it. That's super cool looking. It's very modern. way better on camera even than it did in the pictures, I have to Ah, say. It's looking really sharp. And then their home kit... It's very exciting to me because they didn't do white. They did a very pale lavender 
very nice light lavender kit and even the shorts are lavender which is great because i hate white soccer shorts so oh, do the players yeah. it's a yeah. nightmare and it's stupid imagine. and so they have lavender so good job for them for doing that may their slowly all the white shorts disappear from soccer <laughs> i mean they're in the grass and the mud and it's just rain dumb. and like these are women's teams so they also have definite worries in the locker room beforehand <laughs> depending on their cycle so <laughs> rebecca you had a, a question or something and i stomped all over you i'd like to back no. up. no no, that's fine. No, uh, Mandy said that somebody might disagree with her about Orlando having the best jerseys, but I'm pretty sure that that's an objective fact based on what you told <laughs> us about how those jerseys are. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, it, there are some very good jerseys, but... The beautiful ones are pretty cool looking, I gotta say. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't gone and looked at them all yet, um, but Louisville's are pretty cool. I do always like the Portland ones because I feel like they often go harder yeah, Portland... on patterned... Hasn't a got a new one. Ones. They're using their rose yeah. black one from I last like year, which was really one, good. Yeah. yeah, it's there's no reason to change that kit. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. yeah, I uh, I am not a floral print person, so that already biased me against mm -hmm. Louisville. I love purple though. So, but there yeah. You go. Oh, so and then I forgot Gotham City FC. Yeah, thank you. That's where I was going next. <laughs> who yeah. also revealed the kit, which is just a nice. I mean, it's a very simple design with the slash interrupted. But um, who, for those of you who are like, wait, who is Gotham FC? The name changed less than a week ago from Sky Blue FC, which I think everybody is glad to hear is no more because they had a very horrible history and needed to burn that thing to the ground. So they have rebranded <laughs> and the Batman vibes are there. <laughs> I don't, for New York people, Where? they're probably just like, this is because they're New York, New Jersey now. Um, but as a non-New York, New Jersey person, every time I hear that, I just think of Batman and it makes me happy. So well, yeah, well, I heard. So I was listening to, there's the, um, I can't now think of the name of the podcast, but it's with Meg Lanahan on The Athletic. Um, and she was talking about the new kits and she was talking with the the person, the woman who is the, I think the general manager of Gotham City FC, and yes. was talking all about the whole, the name change, the rebrand. And I, it was a really interesting conversation for me, not knowing diddly about any of this, to hear her talk about, you know, they did this whole, like, I guess she came in two years ago and kind of inherited, you know, all of the problems that I guess this club was having. And so it was she very much really a sort turned of like, it around. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. And so they surveyed all of the current fan base and they looked at like where people were because this was previously like the New Jersey team, basically. Right. Yes. But then they were trying they were realizing New York was actually a really growing market for them and they had a lot of fans there and they wanted to figure out how to sort of like refresh the brand and get something that incorporated the New York folks as well as New Jersey, because I guess Gotham City, even though we associate it with New York, is actually canonically in comics based in New Jersey. But like, mm. it's also New York. So like, it was this whole thing. And I was just like, wow, this is really clever. This is... And you know what? I think of Gotham City as Chicago because of the new movies. Right, that came out too. So when you yeah. said New York, I was like, "Oh, all right, all right." <laughs> and Sorry, I did. I left off one key important detail that I just learned about Louisville's kits. On the white ones, they also have butterflies and bees. Oh, as that's so an, cool! 
an homage to Muhammad Ali. Oh wow! So that's neat. All right. All well, right. I mean, because the lilies are are for the town. I mean, yeah, Louisville, and because Louisville, the, the it's uh, French, yeah. yeah, the fleur de lis mm. lily, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's thank that's, you for drawing that. That yeah, yeah, totally. That bridge, because when you said. <laughs> Louisville and lilies. I was like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no. It's the royal, no, the royal family yeah. in yeah. France. The fleur de lis. The fleur de lis. Yeah. The black one is lilies, and then it is an actual fleur de lis symbol on the white ones. So mm-hmm. they've done. Yeah, both. it's really cool, but they, and I still like their logo too. It is a cool, and they're um, they were the first team to ever create a position for just a player. I can't remember what it's called. Player manager, player liaison. Oh, she wow. came from Seattle from our, she was our oh, cool. associate general manager. And she went there and just wanted to dedicate her time focusing on the players. And Louisville gave her the opportunity to do that. So that's super cool. So, so Louisville is the new team this year. And by new team, I mean like actually additional team because Kansas City, in spite of being quote unquote new, is not an additional team. It was the Utah team. It's just been moved, right? And it was but, the Kansas City team before it was the Utah team. Oh, was team. it? I so, didn't know yeah, that. they folded in Kansas, <laughs> moved to Utah, had a f- fire sale a in Utah meltdown. because of racism, <laughs> and went back to Kansas. And the okay. coach for Kansas is actually the former assistant coach for the former Kansas nwsl team so oh interesting wow. it's come full okay. circle Wait, how many like how many years are we talking about here they were in utah for two years okay and they were in kansas city all the years before that so it's okay. I think the 10th year of the league mm-hmm. okay so interesting they were in... so but okay so we've so we've got louisville and then i believe it's next year we're supposed to get the los angeles team angel city fc is that right yes. or is it the year yeah so like next year we'll get Angel City FC, which has all the superstars that bought the team, and it's looking mm-hmm. to be really cool. Everything they're doing there is just yeah. amazing. And then Sacramento is a big question mark because they're supposed to come in, <sighs> and nobody really knows what's going on because the men's team got sold, and so nobody knows what's right. going to happen. So, oh no! So the the premise there, which we had talked about actually on the podcast a few like a month or two ago, was that. There was a sac- there was an ownership group that was going to set up a Sacramento men's soccer team, and they were going to launch in 2024. And then that same ownership group decided to launch an NWSL team in 2023. Um, but then it sounds like you were saying, Mandy, that the the men's team has been transferred down to San Diego. Is that right, or do we not know yet? I believe it would. Yeah, I believe it's. They went to San Diego, okay. and they the women's team was supposed to launch next year with Angel FC. They wanted to bring oh was in, it? Oh, I thought it was the and, year after. Okay. Yeah, they wanted to bring in an even number, and then mm. Utah has the option: whoever buys the men's team in Utah and takes over the soccer holdings will have the option to buy back into the league and get a team. Oh, in interesting. So we could add a team in Utah in twenty twenty three. Yeah. But the Sacramento women's team might stay in Sacramento, might go to San Diego. Is there, is there, do we have any idea, like, excuse me, whether it's likely it'll just disappear or? 
they've been very, very tight-lipped about it. So <laughs> nobody knows. They haven't even said anything was wrong or admitted anything was mm-hmm. wrong for the women's side until this week. So, and they Ooh. were very, very coy <laughs> about saying that anything was wrong. So, yeah, we don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I will lament yet again that as delightful as the Bay Area is in most ways, the fact that we have no women's sports, uh, no, no WNBA team, no NWSL team is a fucking travesty and <laughs> should change. All right. Well, thank you for that, Mandy. That's really helpful. Um, I want to move right along and talk about games because the first games happened yesterday, right? The first. Oh, my goodness. Did they ever. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about that and tell us, give us the rundown. What's happening now? What's coming? What's what's this season look like in this this coming 2021 year? So this is. This is the Challenge Cup. It's before the regular season. So this is is the one we had last July. Yes. That was this brand is, new. E, this is East. They've got an East division and a West division, and then they're going to have a final between the winners of each side. So right now they're playing the group st- stages. This is like in between preseason and regular season. And um, so yesterday were the first two games. The first game was I didn't get to watch it yet because it was on CBS Sports Network, which, as many fans are finding, is really hard if you don't have the right cable subscription to find out how to watch these games. However... For the record, I could watch it on YouTube TV. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, But I have Paramount Plus to watch all the other games. You can watch a replay of it after, I think, the next day. It's already available now. So later tonight, me and my roommate are going to watch it. But from what I've heard, it was a very boring game. And it was a 0-0 tie. Part of that, Houston has two of their key players away for international friendlies. Rachel Daly's with the England team. She's fun. She swears a lot. If you enjoy that. (laughs) And, of course, Christy Mewis, who played with the U.S. Women's National Team, today. So those are two very key players that generally link up with Shay Groom. So there was not really anyone to feed Shay, so no goals. And Chicago Wait, can also I pause real quick. Yes. Can you tell me what a friendly is? Ah, thank you, Rebecca. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So a friendly is well if you watched the Sweden US game earlier today, it was not very friendly. <laughs> it was very what the soccer players call chippy. There was a lot of pushing people down and being very mean. <laughs> so, okay. um, so friendly as a relative term. <laughs> it's very relative. It's a friendly because there's no real skin in the game. Like you so don't it's, win. It's anything. like a scrimmage. Yeah, I, it's a yeah, it's an actual game. Like they'll count that. So the U.S. had not w- lost any friendlies under their current coach until. Well, they still haven't lost any. We tied, so we had won everything until today. But it just means it's not a tournament. It's not points counting towards anything. You're like kind an exhibition of playing, match? It's, it, it's an exhibition match. Usually they use it to test their players and test against each other. So they will take it pretty seriously. You get extra subs, though. So... 
So, it, but this is always, it's only a friendly if it's against an international team, right? Like this is the U.S. women's team playing other national country teams, yeah? No, actually, you can nope. have okay. friendlies of, so in the summer, fall, early, late summer this year, there's going to be a couple of international friendlies with NWSL teams and hmm. club teams from France and Spain. So OL uh, Olympic Lyonnaise in France is going to come over with, um, I can't remember, is it Barcelona? One of the Spanish teams. And they are going to play a friendly against Portland and Houston. And it's going to be kind of a little mini championship thing and there will be a winner. Some of the international friendlies the she believes cup is an international friendly there's a winner of that but it doesn't count towards basically the fifa points really it doesn't really count too heavily on it will count some towards your rankings but it's not going to decide if you go to the world cup or if you decide if you go to the olympics it's just sort of a little bit of a status maker well, and so it, from what I was, I mean, when I was watching, I guess last fall, they were talking about, they had the coach for the women's national team sort of like watching all the games last fall. Um, <clears throat> and they were talking about how these, these upcoming spring friendlies would sort of like, if they involve the U.S. national team, it's a good chance for him to sort of evaluate players and see who's playing well together and how they're playing against other national teams. And so yes. that then informs the makeup of, like, the Olympics team, right? Like Yeah, they have to go. So for the World Cup, we had a 23-player roster, which is already pretty small. For the Olympics, they have to cut it to 18 players. So any chance that our head coach, Vlatko Andonovsky gets to look at these players to see how they play against teams like Sweden and France, how they handle working together as a unit, that helps him decide, okay, I have we have such a deep team. Like Allie Krieger said during the World Cup, we have the best 11 and the second best 11. So cutting that down to just 18 players to take with you to Japan is really hard. So it is going to determine who gets those spots based on how they how they're doing in all these little games leading up to it. Okay. So it's it's you it is a win-lose, but it's not not a high stakes win-lose, but it is informational. It's informational and it's sometimes a pride bragging rights they do sure. have little trophies they hand out. And, um, I mean, <laughs> regular-sized trophies. <laughs> Less important like than a, a World Cup trophy. trophy. Not as exciting as an Olympic gold medal, but you still get a, a trophy out of it if you win. I, I, just, I just got this mental image of like all the little trophies interlocking <laughs> into one big trophy. So really, you're trying to collect the whole set. Transformer be, trophies. Can they do that? Because I, wa I want to see I'm that. I'm sure they could. They absolutely they make could. They make it wedding to. rings so why not oh wow yeah <laughs> like a wedding and a engagement puzzle. ring that hooks together it's kind of crazy oh wow i say as the only married person with an expression <laughs> of horror <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the other game last night is one that mm -hmm. we absolutely have to talk about because okay it was so trending the first game on was twitter. houston chicago right yeah first and game it was houston boring 
a bit of a snooze fest. And okay. The second game, it was trending on Twitter for a while under the, I believe it was the hashtag uh, NWSL After Dark. Oh boy. <laughs> and it lived up to I'm its listening. name. So it's in Portland. Portland kind of get aggressive, especially when they have their crowd, which they have a reduced they size, do. but they've got a, a crowd again and they are really loud. So things get fired up, and there's a lot of rivalries. There's an ancient rivalry between old Kansas City and Portland, and there's a major rivalry between Seattle, now Tacoma, and Portland. And things get very violent. <laughs> there's a lot of cards. So there were there were some yellows leading up towards the end. Portland scored the first goal. Then Utah came back, and then Portland scored a second goal. And then once it hit 90 minutes, one of the Portland players got a second yellow card, which is an automatic red card. So there's your first red card. She's out of the game. Portland's down to 10 players. There was a situation. The ball kind of got... Portland was going for a goal. The, the ball got kicked out toward the corner. And four players, two from each team were trapped in this tiny little corner area with the corner flag. The corner flag got knocked into someone, probably very hard. One player uh, kind of pulled another player down to the ground. So there's players on the ground. They get back up. The player that got pulled down um, did something you're really never supposed to do in soccer. She hit in the face. She hit the other player in the face. It, was, it wasn't a punch. It wasn't a slap. It was something in between the two. <laughs> it wanted to be a punch, but stopped short of it. And the other player kind of raised her arms up like she was going to go back, but didn't make contact. They both got red cards. The coach for Portland got a red card. We don't know what he said, but it probably wasn't very nice. So in, but it involves several yeah. short words in succession. <laughs> right. Perhaps uh -huh. about somebody's mother. <laughs> so stoppage time got cut short. The extra time added on to the end of the game for all the other stuff that happened in the middle of the game because soccer has no timeouts. That got cut short. They had four minutes of the stoppage time and Four red cards within those four minutes. So wow. this is terrific because you just answered a question for me, which was, do you ever get actual fist fights in soccer? And it sounds like maybe. you can. <laughs> there, there was a men's game and I can't remember. It was somewhere in South America. And I think at least half of the players got red cards. It set the record. Nice. <laughs> For red cards, wow. and it did turn into like an absolute brawl. It was fist flying everywhere. So that's hilarious. It's kind of okay. mad because I feel like you know the different sports they handle it differently. Like hockey, you know, you get regular brawls, right? But they're always very well to my mind. They're often very fake, right? Because nobody oh, actually oh. wants to <laughs> oh, get you know. So they all just kind of like yeah. You there know, are some soccer players that have. And this is, there's a couple of men in particular that have, they've had some biting problems. So there's, a, <laughs> I think it's Suarez is, he's bitten off people's ears. Oh, wow. Um, like I bitten off? He ha yeah. Like, and, like a chunk. 
like a chunk. Like, is there like a purple chunk. card for that? I feel like that. <laughs> that's if... just it's a red card, but like this one because she hit in the face. They'll have uh, multiple game suspensions, so uh, it was like okay. for the guy that bit off the ear. It could have been a lifetime ban, but I think they gave him like six months. Um, there was another guy in a, I think a European game a couple of months ago. Wait, I'm sorry. I have to go back real quick. How many of us have like cartilage piercings in our ears? I do. No, I just have regular ones. I have multiple, that but regulars. Hurts. Yeah. Like, I feel like I had a I had a cartilage piercing that it took like six months to heal. Mm. My mom fell once and split the cartilage on her ear, and Ooh. I've never seen her cry like she did when that happened. Ear biting is serious. <laughs> well, there's something like even more serious. And that is biting an opponent's ribs like you're at Tony Roma's. <laughs> and that's what happened that's, a couple that's months a little ago. Intimate. <laughs> it is a little intimate. You're right, Rebecca. Yeah, you gotta get well, right no. up in there. Also, I feel like the prison sentence for assault is longer than the suspension <laughs> that guy got. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it depends on who's doing the assaulting. True. Rebecca, am I recalling correctly that there yes, we a have hockey... a Laker in the league. Thank you. You got right where I was going with that. <laughs> to Brad Marchand, he plays for the Bruins. At, repeatedly has licked his opponents. Yes, at least twice that I can recall. <laughs> I don't want anyone licking me. That just disturbs I know, me. I'm, I'm very, I am not I trying anyone to licking decide. Me. I really don't want Brad Marchand licking me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a time and a place, but not in the middle of sports. Exactly. Not in the middle of a hockey game. No, <laughs> no. no. Oh. Even a hockey game after dark. So here's today's question, listeners. Would you rather have somebody bite perhaps a small chunk out of your ear, or would you rather have a weird opponent lick you? I mean, I mean the licking sucks, but it's not permanent. I feel like it painful. would stay with me longer, though. Like, I don't know, like a quick wound, it... you can, you can kind of, like, it's, it hurts, but it's not as gross on some level. Sylvie really wants to chime in on this. I so. see that. And, and you know what? She's she's ear tipped, so I'm going to go with the biting of the ear is what she would prefer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd prefer ears over ribs, but only just. I feel like ribs would be harder to get a grip on. Like, there's nothing flapping around there. But... No, but I feel like it'd hurt worse. I just yeah. don't want anyone biting my ribs. Yeah. I don't want anyone biting me at all. Yeah, no, that's that seems like an entirely valid stance. I think we can adopt that as like but the I also, podcast. I don't want position. Brad Marchand licking me. Yeah, no. see, I mean, I think that's fair too. Keep your mouth to yourself in sports. Yes, yeah, yes. And there we have the podcast title. Thank you, Mandy. <laughs> you are welcome. I mean, maybe. It's things like this that are how mumps went around the NHL a few seasons ago. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Definitely yeah. a way to spread COVID. Mm, yes. Yes. Well, they, they have many ways to do that, as <laughs> they've demonstrated many. repeatedly throughout <laughs> the season. Today's right, so, games. Do we want yeah. to get to those? Yeah, because us. Absolutely. So one of them is over. One of them is at halftime right now. This okay. morning we had the North Carolina Courage and the Washington Spirit. And mm -hmm. um, new player for the Washington Spirit. She would rather be I known heard as about this. her mother's child than her father's child. But making her debut Which is today fair. for the Challenge Cup. She played preseason, but also her first goal in the Challenge Cup was Trinity Rodman. Yeah. Dennis Rodman's daughter. And yeah. the final score was 3-2. to two. 
But for North Carolina, who normally dominate everyone, I mean, it was a good showing for Washington, who have a lot of really bright spots, I think. Well, and I saw up. that goal online, and it's a great one. Like, she just goes out there and whacks it. Like, it, it, was, it was terrific. The control she had, not just shooting that goal, but getting it, the ball out of mm-hmm. the air, she just controlled it so well. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was, it was beautiful. And there is, there is, uh, what you're referencing is that there is an article that's going around, uh, Caitlin Murr, I think is the author. Um, and she, in that article, Trinity Rodman talks about how, you know, everybody recognizes her name, uh, and everybody knows who her father is, or certainly everybody of a certain age knows who Dennis Rodman is. Um, but she is very clear that she does not want to be, um, referenced or thought of as, you know, especially only as Dennis Rodman's daughter, because she says, you know, my, my mother was my rock growing up. She's, you know, the one who's responsible, you know, for who I am as a person. And the only reason that, you know, that people are forgetting to talk about her is because she wasn't in the NBA and she's not famous. And that has, you know, shouldn't have anything to do with it, which I thought was a really interesting way. I feel like these you know, you get, especially in, in professional sports, I think you get a lot of like, so-and-so child of so-and-so, right? Um, and I think a lot of the time, I don't know how many of them are happy to coast on that, but they accept it as an inevitability, right? Like, you're just going to be known as Steph Curry, son of Del Curry, or Clay Thompson, son of Michael Thompson, or as got drafted today, or no, said he was eligible for the draft. Oh, yeah, Scottie I heard Pippen about Jr., yeah. son of Scotty <laughs> Pippen, you know, speaking of the Bulls. Uh, but, but so I thought it was really interesting to have somebody come out very proactively right at the beginning of her career and say, I do not want to be known as this. Um, and then to go out and just completely own which i thought was great watch for her to be on the national team i mean she's a rookie she pretty much skipped college because she was supposed to play for washington state university and Mm. then covid happened so the season Mm. didn't happen so she Mm -hmm. jumped right into the nwsl draft and yeah pretty pretty amazing i can't wait to see what she does she's definitely one to watch and then right now as we are recording this, we have Louisville and Orlando Pride are tied at halftime. Goal apiece. So, okay. and I don't recognize, we've got Maggie Doherty Howard, who mm-hmm. scored one of them, and then someone by the last name of Kaiser, who I don't know. Um, so none of, not any of the big name players that a lot of people are going to know, but. Uh, right, because a lot of the big name players right now are not home right they're not playing with their except for, for orlando orlando has a good number of theirs home marta's there today okay um i think alex morgan's the only one missing they've got ali krieger and ashlyn harris who didn't go away for the friendly sydney larue who's been off the national team for a little bit she's trying to get back in um so there's some really pretty big names for orlando today and louisville's got some really good players as well um Michelle Bados is probably one of the best goalkeepers mm. in the league. And Savannah McCaskill, who was playing for the national team for a while and fell kind of off their radar. Havana Solon, who plays for the Jamaican national team, oh, cool. is... Oh, wait, sorry. She's on North Carolina. I just mixed up teams. <laughs> but she's not out on friendlies either. So there's... um. 
I can't remember who else is on Louisville, but there's they've got a couple big names that are not out at Friendlies, and they didn't get their big names that they tried to pull in because um, when they they were trading and and stuff, they traded for a bunch of the big Australians and mm. Tobin Heath and Kristen Press, all mm-hmm. of who elected to stay and keep playing in the WSL in England. So oh, interesting, yeah. But they do okay. have a really high up. Uh, Japanese player Nagasato uh, for Louisville so she's pretty awesome so currently we've got the Challenge Cup going and that's going for what another couple weeks that'll go through May 3rd through May okay May yeah. 3rd so yeah another couple weeks we've also got these friendlies the, the going group, on the group play and then the finals will be after that in May okay yeah and then we've got some current friendlies lined up through when do you know uh, friendlies are all kind of happening right now in April, and then I think that they have some more coming up one more set or so before the Olympics. So, right now, there's the U.S. team, Sweden, France, Canada just played Wells, um, who else? They've got, England's been doing a bunch with, like, Northern Ireland, so mm. it's the international break now. I think there's some May friendlies happening also for the U.S. Women's National Team. They aren't going to be around a lot, those players, before the Olympics. Right. So, so how does that work with the regular season? So the Olympics are theoretically in July. Um, how, and when does the, the soccer, the U.S. Women's Team's soccer regular season start? And how does that, are they just not going to have, are they going to start without all these folks who are at the Olympics? Yeah, they, what they do, so... Traditionally, most leagues right now are on what's called an international break. So Hmm. for two weeks, the WSL in England aren't playing because international friendlies are happening. Australia, the W League just, their final is today. And the Australian national team isn't playing over there. They're all in England right now. So that doesn't actually matter. But they are taking an international break because their season will end after today. Uh, they should have their final sometime. It might even be over. But um, So the Australians will have a couple friendlies as well, I think, in Europe. And they're all playing mm. in Europe, so that makes sense. Uh, Brazil and some of the South American teams, I haven't... I know that they have some coming up. I don't know that they are during this window, or Marta wouldn't probably be in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um But usually what happens is the leagues recognize these FIFA international break windows and they stop playing in the league. The NWSL doesn't always do that. And usually, even if they do, they don't take the full two weeks. They'll take part of it. And Mm -hmm. what they take this time to do is use the players that are usually on the bench Mm -hmm. and get to know the rest of their team and their players better. And that's important going into the Olympics because those teams are going to be gone for a longer period and the league mm-hmm. won't completely shut down. We'll still have games and these other players are going to step up. They're going to have a moment to really get in the national spotlight and make a difference. And maybe even some of them might make it onto the national team because how they perform mm-hmm. during this gap when the big name right, players are gone. It's 
really an opportunity for them to to sort of step up and and move themselves off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. And another good thing about that is it forces the NWSL to really have deep teams and not just Mm. rely on the stars, especially in a World Cup or in an Olympic year. When mm-hmm. those people are going to be gone for most of the season, I think mm-hmm. during the World Cup, Megan Rapino maybe played something between three to five games for OL Reign. Right. And so that's not very much of the season. Rebecca, yes. Does, does the NWSL have a preseason? Yes. They've already had okay. their preseason. It started, I want to say, end of February, beginning of March. A lot okay. of them will play college teams in the preseason. Most oh, of them did that. Okay. There were a couple of games, I think, between... Well, they were scheduled between Washington Spirit and Orlando. One of them at least got canceled due to COVID breakouts among... I think it was Washington Spirit that had a positive test. So I'm just, I'm just asking because a lot of what you're talking about, the, like... Um, looking at depth players and seeing who's going to, you know, be there long term is what happens in hockey preseason. Yeah. Um, I, which I never really, I never used to understand until I like really got back into it as an adult. But that's a lot of what preseason is about is testing those younger players, seeing who they want to keep up in the NHL versus who they want to um, send back down to the AHL. So I was just wondering if there was that parallel in women's soccer. And I mean, the, I know these are vastly different sports, but I think the preseason is too short in the NWSL for that to truly be effective. They spend a lot of the time trying to get together and gel again as a team, and mm-hmm. just oh, I get, think that's probably true of the NHL yeah. as well. <laughs> but they have generally it's like a four-game preseason, so it's incredibly oh, wow. short. Yeah, and yeah, well, they've Rachel, got you don't get to oh wow because your sport has four times as many games as anyone else. <laughs> no, I'm saying oh wow, that seems like a very small amount of exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and they're playing know, college probably... teams for most of them. So, mm-hmm. but the NWSL probably has a quarter of the games that baseball does. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they probably <laughs> baseball probably has more games in spring training than NWSL yeah. has for the whole season in a season. Twenty four regular season games. For the NWSL. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> Alright, so so okay, so we've got we've got uh the Challenge Cup and the friendlies, then the regular season starts presumably after the Challenge Cup, or is the Challenge Cup yes. considered okay. We the the Challenge Cup is separate. Regular right. season will start sometime in May. They haven't released schedules yet. And Okay. It should be coming soon, but it's very complicated because all of almost all of these teams share their stadium with mm. other teams. So, sure. like the, the Rain share with a USL men's soccer team and mm-hmm. a minor league baseball team. Orlando shares a stadium with an MLS team. So mm-hmm. several of them share with MLS teams. Some mm-hmm. of them are going to multiple sta- multiple stadiums throughout mm-hmm. their season and don't really mm-hmm. completely have a home and they have a home but they'll do like a special one at a bigger stadium because most of the time they're in a teeny tiny so stadium. what you're saying is that the spreadsheet for this is really exciting it is it's insane <laughs> okay. i just am picturing it and and having a moment here uh little anxiety okay. no no 
<laughs> not anxiety. <laughs> save it for save it for foul puck after dark. <laughs> save it for the, it for the Patreon. Color coded and probably like multiple sheets and maybe some <laughs> hidden columns and like yeah pivot see. tables. Rebecca Nancy. pivot tables. <laughs> Conditional formatting. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Apply ice, everyone. <laughs> And then there is also a postseason for the NWSL. Okay, so 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 the regular season includes and surrounds the Olympics. Like they're separate yeah. things, but it goes past it. And then then there's the postseason. So when is that? When does that happen? I believe it will start, and it's of course not completely set in stone yet. But sometime sure. mid to late September, early mm-hmm. October. Mm-hmm. for this year and then it's going to go this is going to be the longest season the NWSL has ever had the mm-hmm. final championship postseason game for the NWSL will be sometime in November yeah that's super late right because usually wow. it's more yeah. just like April through August right or April through September it usually ends October oh okay September okay. a couple of years ago was when it was ending they were starting in April and ending in September mm-hmm. Last mm-hmm. year, they pushed into October, and we were like, oh, mm-hmm. look at that. But mm-hmm. I think this has come from the players having um, a union now, because the mm-hmm. players can't do much with this four or longer month off season. It's too much downtime, and it's too mm-hmm. hard for them to stay conditioned on their own. So a lot of them mm-hmm. were going over to Australia to play. Sure. But then they were getting more injuries because they were having no downtime at all. Because they were right. just one league straight into the other. And that's why some of them have gone to England. Because England has the longer normal soccer season. And MLS mm. starts preseason like end of February, March, somewhere in there. And mm-hmm. then they go like all the way November, December mm-hmm. playing. So there's no reason for the NWSL not to have that longer season. But we have less teams. Mm-hmm. Which I think is part of why... The shorter mm-hmm. regular season, only 24 mm-hmm. games. I expect the more teams we get, the more that schedule's going to expand. So the last hope. thing I want to ask you about um, is this lawsuit that's currently going to be resolved soon. Is that right? With the uh... That's what I am hearing. Um, uh-huh. I think so. U.S. soccer has a new president. She's mm-hmm. a former women's national team player for the 99ers, Mia Hamm, mm-hmm. those guys. Mm-hmm. So the previous... But it's not Mia Hamm. It's not Mia Hamm. It's oh, okay. uh, Cindy Parlo-Cone. I think I, I mean, said Mia that Hamm right. is probably the only name that I would recognize <laughs> I was gonna that say era. That Brandy yeah, that... Chastain. Yeah, I was going to say, oh. I would definitely recognize a few others. <laughs> okay, I know that name. And yeah, Julie Foudy the... is probably another one you <laughs> might recognize. She does commentating now. Mm-hmm. But yeah... Uh, I th- I believe that they are probably the last thing I read said something about they are nearing a settlement. So so this lawsuit was brought by the women's teams to the organization that owns both the women's and the men's teams, right? Is yes. that correct? And it's about equal pay. It's about not just equal pay, but equal treatment. So okay, the women are playing on, we're playing on, and this is the thing that the judge gave them is Hmm. the treatment part. They were playing on turf and really poor fields, which was causing injuries, wear and tear on their bodies. Not good for them. They Mm -hmm. were flying in, like, flights with 
the public on there as well, not charter flights. So Mm -hmm. also problematic wear and tear. These Mm -hmm. are very famous women. Like, yeah. So it was about as much the, the treatment and also like prize money. The men get paid whether they win or lose. The Mm. women don't get those payments if they don't win, which has motivated them, I think, a lot in their winning. <laughs> but um, well, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say the men's record isn't quite so good right now. No, <laughs> they aren't. The men's team isn't going. To, that's a little different too, though. Uh, the men's team is not going to the Olympics. They didn't qualify. But for the Olympics, we don't play our senior men's team. We play our U23 men's team. So 23 oh, and okay. younger. Hmm. So. They that's worldwide. All of the men's teams don't play their seniors because they oh, don't want to wear cool. out their stars. So they just send the younger guys and save the big guys for the World Cup. It's the fucking Olympics. I know. But, okay. But I think it's Whatever. also the fucking World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> but so so okay. So the lawsuit is equal treatment and equal pay. It sounds like yes. they have got the equal treatment that's been ruled in their favor. Yeah, that standard has been raised. So there will be, I believe, from what I last read, there will be no more games on turf and they will have wow. charter flights. And awesome. I think ho- hotel accommodations play- played into that as well. So nice. the fact that we have to legislate equal I mean, not treatment wrong. for human beings in athletics or in any arena is absurd. Yep. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. So is it the equal pay portion of the lawsuit that we're waiting to hear more on? Is that what's currently being litigated? Yes, I okay. believe so. Because a judge ruled against them on that part and then they, the players appealed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think U.S. soccer is now working on coming to an agreement with them on that because it is very very bad optics for them to not uh yeah (laughs) in fact okay great thank you for that i i have seen pieces of that floating around but hadn't done the work to really figure it all out all right well that's all incredibly informative and helpful is are there any kernels of wisdom any any additional final thoughts you want to give us about this season about these teams so one more thing and i meant we talked yesterday and i mentioned that the international friendly situation right now is kind of a hot mess and Mm. um so we are going to be playing france on the 13th and france will be missing most of their stars because mm-hmm. 15 people at Olympic Lyonnaise club team have tested positive for COVID. And whoops, so whoops. the entire team is quarantining and several of the stars are out and cannot join the national team. And also, um, I think it was Paris Saint-Germain also has had some COVID. So they also will not be able to send some of their players to the French national team. Whoops. England has some injuries. I don't think other than their players that are playing at. So Olympic Lyonnais is probably one of the most popular teams to play for. One mm-hmm. American was unable to come to our friendlies because she plays there. Uh, Katrina Mercado, who is a rookie. She just, gra- she just 
got into this, out, graduated out of college, and signed a huge contract to play in France, skipped the NWSL. And so she's the one that got locked up into quarantine and couldn't. She was supposed to be playing with the national team today in Sweden and then in France. She can't come. There's several England players that are not going to make it. They're captain for England is out on an Achilles tendon injury. So England is missing very major players. France is missing major players. The U.S. is missing some players, not very many, but um, there's multiple teams affected. And with the COVID spiking in Europe, they weren't even sure that these friendlies were going to be able to happen. Not only is France Mm -hmm. playing the U.S., they're playing England, they're they're playing multiple countries during this break and in France where things are kind of coming off the hinges again. So, yep. Good times. Good times. Well, well, I mean, April 13th is in fact, three days from now today is April 10th. So I think it is safe to assume the uh, French team's quarantine will not be finished by then. No, they will have a lot of players playing that we've never heard of, which will be good for <laughs> their exposure. <laughs> yeah, good for them. And good for our win I record. I hope they give it their all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know they will. You know those those people we've never heard of are going to give 110%. Oh, yeah, totally. To this the is their chance. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. this could be their only chance. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, thank you, Mandy. That's all. Very helpful and really great because I definitely am looking forward to watching more soccer this year. And I'm excited to know more than the like three things I knew last year. (laughs) So (laughs) it's really great. And on that uh, plague note, I could really go to either of you, but I'm going to (laughs) turn it over to Rebecca first to tell us how hockey is faring these days. Yeah, I mean, so so most of the league is... I mean, COVID-wise, doing pretty well. Um, the the big thing going on right now is that the Vancouver Canucks, um, 21 players and four um, coaches have developed the Brazilian variant of COVID. So it has been very bad. It has not been one of these cases where it's like, you know, I had to, I had to sleep for three days and then I felt better, which still is, is alarming when you're a professional athlete Yeah. or just, you know, a normal human. I mean, I would pay to sleep for three days right now, but not due to illness, just right. different things. Yeah. Um, so they've been getting like IV treatments at home, like home care from doctors and nurses because they've been rich. so ill. And because they're it? rich. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And because they're rich and white. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, But, you know, the show must go on. So um, pending tests today, April 10th, the Canucks facilities are anticipated to open tomorrow and they are anticipated to restart their season on April 16th, which, you know, some people are pleased about because it means that the, the players are recovering. And I get that but also i i really struggle with this concept of these like these prime of their life athletes have just had a huge 
physical respiratory illness. And now they're supposed to come back and be athletes like a week later. Yeah, I feel like you want a little more time between I'm lying at home getting IVs yeah. to I'm playing a full contact sport. Yeah. One would for think. an hour Just, and a half. And it and it, you know, it's one of these things I I really, really enjoy the sport of hockey. I really, really hate the NHL as a league. Because, <laughs> you know, all this says to me is that they're they're willing to sacrifice player safety for money. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's exactly I, what that says. You are correct. I, I recognize that I'm probably hypocritical because I've been watching, you know, just about every game of the four damn teams that I follow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time, if they wanted to shut down the season right now, fully support it. Yeah. Because clearly it's not safe. Um, yeah, I mean, we're 13 months into this, and the position of the pod has been and remains. None of this bullshit should be happening. Is that to the NHL or desk? to the cat? <laughs> well, both. <laughs> God, it had to be while I was talking, so Joe couldn't mute it. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, that you are correct about the position of the pod. Um So, I mean, that's the state of COVID in the league. Um, It's gone through a bunch of the teams um, with, you know, handfuls of of players and staff getting it. Um, I want to say three or four teams had had their games postponed because Mm -hmm. so many people on the team got it. Whereas most of the time it was only you know, a couple members of the team so they could keep playing with just those team, um, with those players on their, you know, injured list, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, so, I mean, thankfully, there's not much COVID news in the NHL, but what COVID news there is, is actually quite bad. <laughs> <laughs> Little, but potent. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. right. Are any other Canadian teams affected or is it just Mainly the Canucks. Um, so the Canucks, like as a team, have basically been knocked the whole, out. The whole yeah, team I mean, got the 21, 21 players, and you usually have a twenty-three man roster. So, yeah. Um, and I think there have been a, a couple of individual players on some of the other teams have gotten it, but it hasn't spread like wildfire through another team in Canada. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, we're approaching the, the end of the season. This is a 52-game season. Um, 52 or 56? 56, I think. So there are roughly about 16 to 18 games left per team. Um, and as I was telling you guys before we started recording, the NHL has decided to push back the start of the Stanley Cup for everyone so that the Canucks and have time to finish their season basically Um, really so that the Canucks and the senators have time to have a full four game series, which I think is ridiculous. Well, it must make a lot of money for somebody. uh, That's, that's very true right now. The senators are, wait a minute. I just had it up. They are second to last in the league. So, I don't know why we're worried about like the odds of the senators actually making the playoffs are so slim 
it seems unnecessary to have this series. Like they should just play, they should take that series off the table and hold it to the end and play those four games if they need to at the end, which they're not going to need to because neither team is going to make the playoffs. But, you know, I don't run the NHL. And I don't know why not. You really should. <laughs> That's one thing that NWSL has done right, is I'm on the this, this stretcher crew again, so if people get hurt, I'm mm-hmm. hauling them off the field. In order to be at Friday's game, I have to go Monday and Thursday to the stadium, get tested for COVID both days, test negative, and then mm-hmm. show up healthy on Friday. So everyone... Good. On the staff, all the players, everyone has to pass two COVID tests a week or you can't go. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the NHL is doing that. So um, it was one player who was pulled out first, and then it was a second player who spends a lot – they spend a lot of time together. It was Elias Patterson and Brock Besser. Um, and then they just, you know, through their continued testing, it just spread. Right, because I mean the, the the problem, of course, is that you can be contagious before you test positive. So it's true. Yeah, it's you know, especially in something like, I mean, it's good that they're testing the staff, Mandy, and certainly for for somebody yes. who is you know going to be doing something like stretcher crew. I think that especially, and I assume you'll be wearing masks and everything oh, yes. like that. Seems like a very reasonable and appropriate precaution. But I feel like for a team when they're actually playing together in those close quarters, like. If somebody's got it, it's just going to keep spreading. <laughs> That's true. One person gets it, the whole team. Which <laughs> I think the players in the NWSL are trying to be cautious because of what happened to Orlando last year. Yeah, <laughs> they had an early lesson in this and <laughs> it showed exactly how that works. Well, Rebecca, any other hockey news you'd care to share with us? Anything you're excited about or, or nah, just not right now? Um. I am apprehensive about the trade deadline, which is in mm. two days. Okay. So um, the trade deadline is historically a day where I block off on my calendar, just that I have no meetings. I don't take the day off. I just don't want to be in meetings. So you don't take watch. the day off. You just don't pay attention to anything. Else. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but when I am in a meeting, I do. I do most of the time try to like focus on being in the meeting. Um, and this way I can at least split my focus 50-50 between work and Twitter to watch mm-hmm. the news as it as it happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a couple of days out from the trade deadline, things are already starting mm-hmm. starting to happen. People are already being traded. So it's going to be interesting. Very yeah, good. And, and uh, Rachel, in advance, I'll warn you, I'll probably talk about the trade deadline next week. So you may want to have a little bit of extra caffeine before we record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or earplugs. Do my best. Yeah, pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get nice, nice and blanky. comfy. Okay. We can All just right. call you when we're done that piece. That's <laughs> All right. Well, Rachel. How's uh how's everybody's favorite plague league doing uh, now that they've you know done the plague series and awarded yeah. the Dodgers the plague trophy and well I mean shockingly COVID is not dominating baseball news at present possibly because everybody had it last year I'm not sure <laughs> possibly um, although didn't the first game of the season for the Capitals or not the Capitals the, yeah the uh, Nationals. Nationals, thank you. Didn't yeah, that get first canceled because of plague? Did yeah. yes, um, but that didn't affect me, so I wasn't paying very close attention. Valid. Um, <laughs> uh, well, so the bigger news has been 
quite shockingly, if you ask me, that uh, the MLB All-Star Game, which takes place in the middle of the season, uh, and is a different uh, city every year, was set to take place in Atlanta. And uh, in light of the recent laws passed in Georgia that place very, very harsh restrictions on voting, um, specifically meant to further disenfranchise certain people, um, the MLB... Well, you can say it. They're racist laws. Yes, they are. They're racist laws. Let's just spell it out. Yes. There's no reason to beat around the bush. (laughs) Fair enough. They're also a little classist. They are a little classist. That, That is also true. Yeah. Yeah, fun fact, you cannot, so legally speaking, you're, uh, you're not supposed to be able to, to pass discriminatory voter laws based on race, but you what? can do it based on political, uh, party affiliations. Mm-hmm. That's, that's legally possible. Right. So, uh, yeah, they can make all the rules they want, making it harder for Democrats to vote. And if it just happens that a bunch of the Democrats are non-white, how about that? Anyway, so, so what baseball. you're saying is everybody in Georgia should just sign up to be Republicans, but then just go vote Democrat anyway. I guess so. Well, mm, I don't know. Exit <laughs> polls complicate things. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay, fair point. Yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, MLB, not necessarily known for uh, taking political stances. <laughs> Much less progressive uh, ones. Yeah. We're just not. <laughs> just... I mean, not saying it out loud, not, you know, saying it maybe in the, in the in, indoor voice, but, um, yeah, they, uh, after a very small amount of outcry, they moved the, uh, the all-star game to Colorado instead of Atlanta. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm suspicious. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's hard for me to just immediately be like, yeah, good job, MLB. Something's up here. <laughs> what you know? It's got. It feels like something else is going on here. But they were already going to move it, and they're just right. saying it's because yeah. Of this. Somebody doesn't like Atlanta already because all of Georgia smells like a fart. I don't know what the deal is. Um, I mean that's usually Atlanta doesn't smell like a fart, but the rest of Georgia. Um, I mean, that's what you get with all those peanuts, I gotta say. It's it's the paper mills. Like, this is a legit thing. I'm not just ragging on Georgia because it's not Florida. Um, <laughs> well, see, as an Illinois and I rag on Missouri with absolutely no reason. So I've just figured it was a general stance. Well, I think that Florida smells like swamp. So that's not yeah, a Yeah, I mean. I mean, that's accurate. <laughs> Sorry, you won't, you won't get any argument from me. I just don't notice it anymore. I do. Every time I've flown out there, I'm like, oh, it smells like swamp again. And everyone's like, well, yeah, we're in a swamp. I mean, (laughs) come by it honestly. So, yeah. So MLB did a thing and I'm impressed. I'll take it. You know what? You know what? We'll take it. Okay. Good enough. Good enough. Okay. So there's that. And then there's the A's. Um, Mm -hmm. And I have to say. A's? I, I don't know. I was prepared to to have to say much worse things today. Um, mm-hmm. So the first five games of the season, they did not, what's the word, win. Um, <laughs> nor did they uh, score a whole lot of runs in that time. Like basically any. In yeah. Fact. I mean, they... 
So they like, didn't really show up. Yeah, you you would be forgiven for thinking that the A's had not shown up. Yes. We could we could just say that like if they put us up to bat, we might have done about as well as they did, honestly. It was rough. It was rough. And even worse, it was against the Astros. Ooh. <sighs> Nobody wants to lose to those I mean, bastards. at least it wasn't like the Dodgers. Well, <laughs> except then it was. Oh, except then, oh. so there was a four-game series against the Astros and then a two-game series against the uh, Dodgers. And they dropped the first five games of the season, which tied the franchise history for worst opener to a, an A season. You had to go back to like 1916 uh, to the Philadelphia A's to see a team that had done that poorly. But I will say... Not even close to the record for the worst season opener for any MLB team. That belongs to the 1988 Baltimore Orioles, who lost the first 21 games of the season. So, it just puts it in some perspective there. <laughs> so, anyway, that was rough. Uh, and they, these were not small losses either. These were 1-8, to 1-9 to nine losses. Ooh. And, it, yes, it appeared as though the A's had forgotten how to baseball. <laughs> Now, fortunately, in the second game against the Dodgers, they remembered and they squeaked out a three to four victory. Um, not huge, but you know what? But we'll take it. It counts. Doesn't have to be pretty. Um, and then, of course, they go back to face the Astros again. So out of their first uh, 10 games of the season, seven were against the uh, Astros. Trash can lids in hand. Yeah. Um, in between, the Astros did go and play uh, in Los Angeles, play against the, the Angels, and several trash cans were thrown onto the field. Not just the lids, nice. the entire trash cans. Um, <laughs> which part of me is like, yeah, keep it classy, L.A. And the other part of me is like, yeah, okay, I get it. Well played, L.A. Yes, well played. Uh, at least one of the trash cans still had trash in it. Um <laughs> That's the keep it classy LA portion right there. (laughs) So yeah, but uh, this uh, last series against the Astros, three-game series in Houston, um, just got finished moments before we began the podcast, and uh, the A's took two out of three, and they were solid wins, too. Yeah, so that was good to see. Looking up. Uh, Yeah, it's tough to start the season in a free fall, and then, you know have to try and find your footing again. Well, but, the Warriors have done it a couple of years in a row now. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it as a way to start the season, but <laughs> here we are. You can only go up from there. Yep. <laughs> that's the one advantage. Yeah, that's true. The season can only improve. <laughs> yeah, we even started a streak today. Two whole games in a row that we won. Woo! Nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go team. <laughs> <laughs> well... Did you have anything uh, else you wanted to say about the A's there, Rachel? Uh, no. I mean, they're they're doing their best. They're I've uh, got unfortunately got some uh, injuries going in, and then you know, oops, we sold off our best players, um, which has been rough. Um, yeah, after letting go of Hendricks, and then so the A's did pick up a new closing pitcher named Trevor Rosenthal, who I, I'm not familiar with him, but he's apparently a veteran that's been around for a while. Uh, I don't even know if he played the first game. He immediately needed surgery, so we don't have a closing pitcher, and they've been trying yeah, to. Who to well, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> us, we we need 
one of them. Though, I mean, it's not just been the closer. The entire bullpen's been dropping the ball. Sometimes literally. Literally? literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, pitchers. We need them. And... So people yeah. should send their applications to you? Yes. Yes, I will decide who gets to pitch. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll see where we go from here. All right. Well, I will give a five-minute Warriors update. Uh, they're, they're up and down. This is the story of this season. They are up and down. They were down for a while. And I was realizing I don't think that we have talked about what happened to Steph Curry, which was a deeply weird injury. Oh, yeah. Um, you told yeah, me about this, was, this. I did tell you about this. So it was a few weeks ago now. Um, but Steph Curry, who has been playing out of his fucking mind all season. Uh, they were playing, I believe, the Houston Rockets. And they it was right at the end of the game. They It would have been his last shot before he went out of the game, you know, for, for the rest of it, you know, to sit on the bench and watch the close. Um, and he takes a shot and he, like, kind of is off balance, right? Like, I can't remember if he actually jumped and then, like, kind of landed funny or if he just, like, shot it and then, like, kind of staggered backward. But normally at a basketball game, you have chairs full of people all the way around the court, right? Like, pretty close by. And it's very common those that are a basketball... Those are the quote-unquote courtside seats, right? Yeah, literally courtside seats, yeah. right? And some of them are occupied by the bench players and the coaching staff. And some of them are occupied by people who pay obscene amounts of money to have a basketball player fall in their lap and get them all sweaty, right? That's like, where the celebrities is... sit. Exactly. I yeah, would do that. I, I would too <laughs> if I had, you know, a month's mortgage to spend on a basketball ticket. But I know, you know I'm going to take us off topic here real quick. But um, I do find it fascinating that courtside seats for basketball are so expensive and court uh, ice side seats like glass seats in hockey i mean they're not cheap but you know what are depending they? on the de- depending on the team and the rivalry i mean Brittany and i have gotten them for less than two hundred dollars that's insane yeah if you want courtside seats you've got to get an in a WNBA team by you nancy and then i would in love the that. more affordable range so i would a hundred percent do that that one would be of- amazing one of my former co-workers has season courtside tickets to the Seattle Storm. Storm. And a That's couple times amazing. a year, she always takes me with me, takes <gasps> me with her, and we sit by Jewel Lloyd's mom. <gasps> wow. It's so awesome. That's incredible. Okay, I'm going to come visit you sometime. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but yeah, no, the Warriors courtside seats, I mean, are like many thousands of dollars, like... Yeah, just just stupid amounts of money. Like, well, and like yeah. if you go to a if you go to a Montreal game or you go to a, a Toronto Leafs game, there are certainly markets where it's going to be more expensive in sure. general. Like, yeah. you'll pay two hundred dollars for a seat in Toronto that's like third mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. But but I anyway. think e- even even our you know like I I mean I should look up what the Sacramento Kings courtside seats do cost but I'm sure it's still a significant chunk of change you yeah. know but anyway so Steph so normally basketball players fall into people's laps like this is what happens because there are no empty spaces around the edge of the court right 
So they know this, their bodies know this. So Steph Curry hits this shot and he's off balance and he starts backing up and he backs up and he backs up and he backs up. And you can tell his subconscious is waiting for him to hit something and then he'll just like either grab it and stand up or, you know, fall into somebody's lap or whatever. Like this is an action that his body knows. But because of the COVID protocols, there's big spacing between all the seats. And he ended up backing up down a very wide aisle and backing up and backing up and backing up. And players on either side of the aisle just kind of watched it happen. And he ended up tripping backwards on a riser and fell onto the next stage of the metal riser. And bruised the fuck out of his tailbone. And, like, if you want to watch, like, the most painful gif of, like, sports injuries, it's, I mean, so he was then out for several games. But it's, like, the weirdest slow motion thing where, like, it was his last shot. He was going to come out of the game. It's a fine shot. And then he just backs up and backs up and backs up. And you can see him waiting for that thing to stop him. And it doesn't happen. And so, so he was out and they lost and they lost and then they lost some more. And then they got blown out by like 51 points at one point. Um, And then he came back and they've done a little better. Thank goodness. Um, So that's that they were doing. Yes, Rebecca. In 2018 courtside seats for the, whoever you just mentioned, Sacramento Sacramento Kings. Kings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They were, roughly $1,100. Yeah, that's about right. Look up what they were for the Warriors in that same year. I guarantee you it's like 6000 Actually, I'm I'm surprised. Um, the Warriors were 1300 Really? I'm yeah. surprised by that too. And I mean, that's, that's, that's probably the low end. Mm-hmm. And it, I imagine whoever they're biggest rival is those games it would probably be sure. you know exponentially higher that ironically in the in the um 18 season the washington wizards were the highest nice <laughs> nice no i could see that 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 actually makes sense so the warriors i mean they were they've been hovering right around 500 for all season they were above it for a while they're below it now but they're still in 10th um, they could easily, well, I don't know about easily, they could p- potentially move all the way up into eighth, I think, um, without too much difficulty. But probably what's going to happen is they're going to end the series, the season, either in last place or have to do one of the play-in rounds. So we're doing play-in rounds this year for, I mean, I guess we did it last year, but it's going to be different. So really last for the place first time. for the, the playoffs, you mean, right? Yeah, last place okay. for the playoffs is eighth, the but league. then the ninth and tenth teams do a play-in to see if they can get in or not, I guess. Um, I don't actually know all the details of how it's going to work because we've never done it before. Um, so they will probably still make it into the playoffs at least the first round. We'll see. The Jazz are still top of the West. Uh, 39 wins. Yeah, they're doing good there. <laughs> Uh, and they are still the best in the league. The next two teams down are the Nets in the East with 36 wins and the Suns in the West with 36 wins. So go Jazz. Um, so that's that's kind of where the Warriors are right now. We'll see. They've 
I, I'm hopeful now that they've got Steph back again, they'll do a little better. Uh, he does score about the half the their season. points, right? He really <laughs> does score about half their points. Or, you know, a solid third. I think his, his last game he scored 41, you know. <laughs> and it's speculated that they're going to make quite a few moves this summer, so it will be interesting to see what they do in the offseason. So, yeah. That's that's the Warriors. Uh, and with that, I'm going to turn it back over to Rachel for a tale from the Negro Leagues. Okay. So today I'm going to tell you about the fastest man ever to play the game. Cool Papa Bell. Ooh. Yeah. I like him already. Yeah. Okay. So American folklore is full of tall tales, right? Some are pure fiction, like Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. But more often they have at least a small basis in reality. Uh, John Henry, Calamity Jane, and Johnny Appleseed were all real people, though many of the historical facts about them are disputed. In the absence of documentation, legend has more room to spring up. And it probably won't surprise you to learn that professional baseball is full of tall tales. (laughs) The Negro Leagues might even be more so, considering the dearth of centralized records. That's not to say that the greatness of the career of James Thomas Bell, better, better known as Cool Papa Bell, is in doubt. Rather, it's that the true extent of his greatness, most noticeably his speed around the base path, is steeped in legend. So here's what's not in doubt. Originally from Starkville, Mississippi, Bell went pro at age 19, joining the St. Louis Stars as a pitcher in 1922. He earned his nickname of Cool based on his ability to keep calm in tense pitching situations, and then either he or his manager added Papa to it because they liked the sound of it. Fair. Valid. By 1924, though, he had moved from the mound to the outfield because of an injury to his pitching arm. There, he played for another 22 years for nine different Negro League teams, playing simultaneously in the Cuban, Mexican, and Californian Winter Leagues. Oh, my dang. Yeah. Although he was fast enough to get underneath nearly any fly ball hit his way, he was better, he was better known as the most feared base runner in the Negro National League for two decades. So great, in fact, that he turned into a living legend. Now, here are some claims that Bell's colleagues and competitors made about him. So I'm going to go through them. We're going to evaluate. Decades. Yes. That's a long time to run fast. Yes. Okay. First one. I'm tired just thinking about it. (laughs) So he learned how to hit left-handed instead of right-handed just to start off a few steps closer to first base. This is true. Though the timing of the switch. Yes. In his career. Can we guess as you go through them? Sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So the next one. Uh, he, wait, wait, wait. So, yes. so this is true. He he liked to switch it. Uh, he became like he he switched. Like he didn't okay. from right. As far as I could tell, hand. yes, okay. he didn't. Some players do. Some switch hitters do go back and forth depending on the handedness right. of the pitcher. I don't believe uh-huh. he did. Okay. Okay. Uh, next one. He once stole 175 bases during a 200 game season. Yes. True. True. Uh, almost certainly an exaggeration, but it's hard to Boom. say just how much of one since the records are still being compiled. The statistics we do have say that his in his entire career, he played 1,468 games and stole 330 bases. Doesn't sound super impressive, but again, the records have issues. We've talked about mm-hmm. that before in our seam head segment. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one. He could round the bases in 12 seconds flat. Wait, what's the distance I- around the bases? He could run, start at home base, run right, first, right. second. But what, like, what is that distance? Uh, I, 90, I know you don't know. Yeah, 90? 90 feet each base. So a total of so 360 feet. Three se- so, so 30 feet a second. With three left turns. Yes. I buy it. I buy it. 
Sure, yeah. why not? I like it. <laughs> Undocumented, but possible. Yes. Uh, given that we have it on record that he ran from home plate around the horn and back to home plate in 13.1 seconds in Chicago when the field was muddy. <laughs> so wow. he claimed he claimed he could do it in 12 flat on a dry field. For comparison, the fastest any MLB player has done this in the modern era is 13.85 seconds. So while 12.0 is probably exaggerated, 12.4 or even 12.2 is probably possible. Yeah, I'll buy it. Okay, uh, next one. He could start on first base and score a run, that is, run the length of three bases, off a sacrifice bunt. False. Well, this one did happen once Damn in an it. exhibition game against a team of white all-stars, no less. Uh, it, it happened because the white players absolutely did not expect anyone to even try it, but it did happen. Nice. Uh, one, of nice. Bell's, <laughs> one of Bell's colleagues said that if Bell ever bunted and the ball bounced more than once, you should put it in your pocket instead of throwing it because Bell was already safely on base. <laughs> All right. All okay. Right. <laughs> Next one. He could steal two bases on a single pitch. Sure. No. Okay, well, we, we have to trust Bell himself on this one, but here's what he said. <laughs> the catcher was so surprised the way I was running that he just held the ball. I asked him later what he was doing holding that ball, and he said he didn't know, except he never seen a, mon- run, a man run like that before in his life. <laughs> See, that feels very relatable. Like, I could imagine something happening in the game and being so surprised and impressed by it that I just don't do the thing I'm supposed to do. Right. So I, I will buy that. Right. Yeah, I do too. Okay. Yeah, this very well could have happened, but I feel like it's something you're only going to get away with once. You yeah. Know sure. Yeah. Okay, next one. Uh, Jesse Owens, the Olympic sprinter known as the fastest man in the world, refused to race Bell in the early 1940s. Nah. True. Yes, this one is 100% true. Oh, wow. Yep. Good job, Rebecca. No, we don't know Owens' exact motivation for the refusal, though Bell, of course, thought he was scared of losing. Yes, clearly. Um, but Joe Posnanski, writing for The Athletic, uh, had this to say. Cool Papa Bell was a legend in the African-American community. So was Jesse Owens. I suspect Owens understood this, understood that there was no value in the two of them racing and bursting one of those legends. We all saw what happened when they tried to make a movie called Batman vs. Superman. (laughs) I mean, that's fair. And if that's the truth, that's like very thoughtful and -hmm. and considered of Jesse Owens. But also, if I were Cool Papa Bell, I would 100% claim that it was because he was too afraid to be beat. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, Yes. Okay, uh, the most, probably the most famous one from pitcher Satchel Page, and this is a direct quote, why he was so fast he could turn out the light and jump in bed before the room got dark. <laughs> you know, I have heard, I've heard that saying before. Uh-huh, me too. I did not know that that was about Papa. That's really I'm funny. I'm going with false, though. Anyone else want to <laughs> ring in? <laughs> I mean, it's it, that would be literally faster than the speed of light. So I'm going with false. Astoundingly, despite the speed of light, this one has some basis. In fact, in what? in no. letter, what? in letter, Science. if not in spirit. Okay. So the story is: Paige and Bell once shared a hotel room with faulty wiring, such oh, that there <laughs> that doesn't count. Such that there was indeed a delay between flipping the switch and the light turning no. out. No. No. But apparently, <laughs> he did indeed make it under the covers before it got dark. <laughs> that has to do with the faulty wiring, not his speed. <laughs> I mean, probably both, but still. It's a hell of a claim. 
is an outlier and should not be counted. Okay, okay, the last one, and this is another one from Satchel Page, who you'll remember is a pitcher. Mm-hmm. So he said, one time, Bell hit a line drive right past my ear. I turned around and saw the ball hit his ass as he was sliding into second. <laughs> False. Yeah, that can't be Yeah, true, this did not happen. It. Didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> <laughs> I do like it, though. <laughs> All right. Now, Cool Papa Bell was the fifth Negro (laughs) League player ever inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, which happened in 1974. The St. Louis Cardinals erected a statue of him outside Bush Stadium, and he regularly ranks in the lists of the 100 greatest baseball players of all time. Now, will we ever see documented statistics that show he stole more bases in his career than Ricky Henderson, uh, former Oakland A and the only MLB player to steal more than 1,000 career bases, and who in fact stole 1,406 career bases? Hard to say, but until then, we have plenty of tall tales to tell around the campfire. Nice. Nice. That's fantastic. (laughs) What, tell me his name again? Cool Papa Bell. Cool Papa Bell. Yes, and I will, when I get around to posting, you know, all the things we need to post on the website, there's a great article in The Athletic um, about him. Okay. Yes. That's good to know. I'll have to go read it. Specifically. I mean, at least tweet it. Yeah. Specifically about uh, Jesse Owens and Cool Papa Bell. Mm -hmm. Nice. Very good. Well, thank you for that, Rachel. No problem. Does anybody else have any final thoughts or any final things we need to share here? I have the update on the Orlando game. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Tell us. (laughs) So that was... I was making some crazy faces a minute ago. That's what was (laughs) going on. So in the 88th minute... Abigail Mm -hmm. Kim of Orlando, who is wearing a big honking cast, purple cast on her right hand, scores a goal. Is she playing with a giant cast? (laughs) Yes. This happens in soccer. They will put all sorts of padding on the cast, and then they play with a cast on their arm. As long as it's a film, they're good to go. So, casted arm woman scores Mm -hmm. a goal, puts Orlando ahead 2-1. to with mm-hmm. minutes left there's mm-hmm. two minutes left until stoppage six minutes of stoppage time so she scores okay. the goal orlando subs out marta subs in mm-hmm. her fiance who is not an attacker is a defender so they're going to try to hunker down and win this thing for six minutes but with three minutes left in stoppage time ali krieger fouled savannah mccaskill so they got a free kick a set piece Mm -hmm. so they kick the ball Mm -hmm. a certain way distance from the goal without Mm -hmm. any defenders i mean there's the wall we all have seen but that's it so right savannah mccaskill kicks it in it flies off of the head of freya olafson and brooke Hendricks of racing louisville fc scores a goal and ties it up 2-2 is the final it was an exciting game so exciting and very very chippy the second half of this game was violent it should have had some red cards like that (laughs) portland one (laughs) it was probably worse than the portland one to be honest i mean less dramatic in one moment but lots of small people Mm -hmm. down on the field looking hurt because they were very mean to each other so. <laughs> well thank you for that update manny that is good to know i will have to go and and watch the uh last night's game and tonight's game on on my uh 
on Paramount Plus, I guess. Yes. Um, so that'll be good. Anything from anybody else? Rebecca, Rachel, any final thoughts? No, I am devoid of thoughts. <laughs> well, great. Well, can it's you then read? <laughs> well, you don't have to think to to uh, read off the list and tell folks where to find us. Don't tell them that I'm reading it. I finally got it memorized. <laughs> Did you? All right. Well, no. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can email us at foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at foulpuckpodcast and on Twitter at foulpuckpod. We are most often on Twitter, uh, second most often on Instagram. Um, and then, of course, our website is foulpuckpodcast.net. Great. And I would like to thank Joe for doing our editing and uh, Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for our music. And I would like to encourage Mandy to plug her own stuff here. Oh, what yes. What you got for us, Mandy? Uh, visit training at or dot com, and you can email me <laughs> at markuptraining at gmail.com and I'm on Facebook at markuptraining and Instagram at markuppersonal and on Twitter at mandy-goobs <laughs> G-O-O-B-S <laughs> Mandy with an I so yes important yes. correct name spellings uh, and I would like to encourage folks to go and give us a five-star rating, uh, especially on iTunes, if you don't mind, leave us a review. Um, but also anywhere else, uh, we are on SoundCloud. That is sort of our, our home platform. Um, so you could go give us a good rating and leave us a review there. And also, you know, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, start a, a leaflet campaign in your neighborhood to <laughs> let folks know about Falpuck Pod and uh, how awesome it is and how all our opinions are correct and how everybody should listen. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we will be back uh, again next week uh, with more thoughts and opinions, no doubt. And uh, also and by, maybe by some opinions. Sports. By opinions, you mean facts. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, isn't that the same thing? Like, mm -hmm. uh, those are equivalent. For here, yes. Yep. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I have been and continue to be Nancy. I am mostly Rachel. I'm usually Rebecca. And this has been Foul Puck.